0: of people here today. So, I love it that Teresa already did the whole Mother's Day thing because now, I mean, it's not like now I don't have to. Now I don't get to do that because we've already done it. So, it's awesome. Thank you, Teresa. (laughs) You want to do it again? Of course you do. (laughs) We will. Uh, But this isn't really a Mother's Day message in and of itself, but it's something that the Lord put on my heart. So, I just figure if he puts it on my heart, maybe he's putting it on somebody else's for clarity purposes. So I'm actually going to talk about the difference between gifting, calling, and anointing. Because I feel like in the body of Christ, there's, um, it's just not clear in a lot of ways. Because I'll hear people say, just in random conversations, well, I'm not gr- gifted for that. Or that's not my anointing, or I'm not called to that. And when you think about those terms, it can mean so many different things to different people and how they take that. So I just did some research because I was just curious as how those terms, um, the, the difference between them. So I'm just going to share that with you today. Some of you might say, hey, I know all of that, and I've got it. Bless you. That's awesome. Because all I know is I learned something yesterday that I'd never even heard of. <laughs> so anyway, our giftings or giftings or gifts, that's our ability. It's not something you you. It's not something you are, but it's something you do. Now, people get caught up on the word do because we're in this culture where we don't want to do because we don't want to be religious and we don't want to do that. So we get caught up on that. But actually, those gifts are abilities, and it's not something that you are, but it's something you do. The calling, your calling is your identity. That, That trips people up, too. I know one right in the front row that's probably triggered right now, but... That is, <laughs> so anyway, because we've had this discussion. But actually, obviously, we know that our, our identity lies in Christ. We know who we are in Christ. This is just, just part, the calling is part of the identity. It's who you are. It's not something you do, but it's something that you are. So an example is like a prophet. A prophet isn't something that he or she does, it's who he is, It's or prophetess, who she is. They are a prophet, so I want you to understand that. So if somebody, it's not like, oh, I'm doing this, though prophets do and say many things, it's actually their calling, they've been called to be a prophet. It is who they are. It's part of that identity. Actually, the gifts, callings, and anointing go like this. They're hard to separate, and I'll get to that in a moment, but they flow very much together, but it all rests in our identity in Christ. So your gift is what you love to do. So you guys know that if whatever your gifting is or whatever you lean towards, that's something that you love to do. But your calling is something you live to do. It's actually so closely connected because it's a call from Christ that there's that oneness in you and you actually live to do that. So your identity... I'm just going to go over that real briefly in Ephesians. It talks about we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. We have been chosen, adopted, redeemed, forgiven, grace lavished, and unconditionally loved and accepted. That's who we are in Christ. That's who we are in Christ. Think about that. We have all the spiritual blessings We're chosen. He chose us. He adopted us. He redeemed us. He forgave us. He just lavishes his grace on us, and then we're unconditionally loved and accepted. It doesn't get any better than that. That is our identity in Christ, and when we have our identity in Christ, then the whole gifting and the calling and the anointing just go hand in hand with that. So, and then I think about I do know that sometimes as we're growing and we're maturing in different ways in Christ that sometimes if we lean towards our gifting or if we lean towards our calling for identity purposes, that's when it'll become performance-based. And you'll know, or somebody will politely tell you. But you will know if you're performance-based And then you can get into alignment with the Lord because he really has all of these things for us. But the once we know the fullness of our identity, who we are in Christ, the other stuff is just, it's just easy. Yeah, and there it is. (laughs) So our heavenly identity gives us favor, authority, and influence. So that heavenly identity, I mean, he covers, I got so blown away just even just typing this out. I was like, oh my gosh, we literally are lacking nothing. We have zilch to complain about. He has given us the fullness of all of these things. We just get the opportunity and sometimes challenges to walk into the fullness of that and what that looks like, and that's part of our journey. That's part of us growing, So, but it's very exciting. I can't imagine. I just can't imagine, now looking back, I mean, at one time I wasn't a believer, but I can't imagine being in this place in life and not having that relationship with Jesus. I just can't even imagine. it's like, why? Why even bother, what for? <laughs> so the word gift means charisma, and that's the favor which, which we receive without any merit of our own. No merit on our own, we didn't do anything, we didn't earn anything, we didn't work anything. It's just that charisma, the giftings that he's given us. And then I looked into the different kind of gifts. And we, I know if you've taken spir- spiritual gift tests and that kind of thing, they break them down in different ways. But this is actually just what I picked up from the Word and, and how it's um, explained. So the different kind of gifts, there's grace gifts. And I'm going to read that to you out of Romans 12, 4, 9. This is actually what I learned yesterday. I knew about the gifts, but I didn't know that they were actually called grace gifts. I was like, oh, it's right here. I've never read it. It's like, how did that happen? So it says... Grace, God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. I didn't know that was even in there. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well like Kate said, (laughs) serve, serving others well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. That one is interesting because it says, be actively teaching and training others. A few weeks ago, I remember during transition or something, I remember asking how many teachers were in the house and the people raised their hand, raised their hand. And I'm like, how many of you are teaching? And not nearly the amount of people that raised their hand were teaching. The word says, if you've been given a grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then may you prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. So those are the grace gifts. So again, those are prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership, and compassion. You all have grace gifts. You may have a gift or gifts because they can be, it, it just, it turns out that way. <laughs> you can cross over into all of these and operate in more. I use the word operate, by the way, operate in more than one or two things. Then the gifts of the, those are the grace gifts. Then there's the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the nine manifestations of the Spirit. These are the gifts that Holy Spirit has given us. And these I know you're all familiar with because those are in, that's in Corinthians. But what I wanted to, I didn't see this before either. In um, Corinthians 12, 6, it said, Holy Spirit who continues to distribute many different varieties of gifts. So Holy Spirit's the one that gives us the varieties of the gifts that I'm about to go over. But the Lord Yahweh is one, and he is the one who apportions to believers different varieties of ministries. So Holy Spirit is the one that gives us the different giftings, and Jesus is the one that called to the is is the one that administered um, the fivefold. So those are different types of or different way of looking at it for me. I've done lots of gift tests and all of that stuff, but I actually have not, maybe it's because it's the, trans, uh, the Passion Translation, but it just came alive. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like there's different varieties of ministries, the fivefold, which Jesus, Christ is the one who administered those. So in that, um, the manifestations of the Spirit, the nine manifestations, is in Corinthians 12:8, which you all know, but I'm reading it to you anyway. The spirit, Because I actually want you to think about yourself today. I want you to think about what are my gifts, what, are, what is my anointing, what is my call. Many of you know, but many of you don't. Or you're not sure, or you don't know what that next step. So I want you to really listen to it, because if it pings for you, then you ask the Lord about it, and he's going to highlight things for you. So the Spirit gives to one the gift of the word of, of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation revelation knowledge. And to another, the same spirit gives the gift of faith. And to another, the same spirit gives gifts of healing. And to another, the power to work miracles. And to another, the gift of prophecy. And to another, the gift to discern what the spirit is speaking. And to another, the gift of speaking different kinds of tongues. And to another, the gift of of interpretation of tongues. Remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes Activates and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer. So that's pretty exciting because in First Corinthians or 1 Corinthians 14:1, it says, Pursue love, but earnestly desire spiritual gifts. So God wants us to pursue his gifts and he desires to give us gifts. Because I've had people during the prophetic training, they'll go, Can we have more than one gift? Can we have all of the gifts? Here it says, pursue love, but earnestly desire spiritual gifts. God wants us to pursue his gifts, and he desires to give us gifts. So I looked up pursue, because we all think we know the definitions of everything. But anyway, under pursue, it said to find measures to obtain. So what measures do I need to find to obtain whatever gift that I, my heart's really seeking? So to find measures to obtain. And then the other words for pursue is to seek, or to chase. So if I'm chasing, I'm seeking, I'm pursuing, and I'm finding measures to obtain other gifts that I'm interested in, then God is obviously going to release those to me. He's not gonna keep them from me, he's not gonna keep them from you, because we're pursuing it, and he knows our heart. And then we're gonna start growing in it, we're gonna mature in it, and then we're gonna see that that gift just, just flows out of you naturally desire, <laughs> I love this, because he desires to give us spiritual gifts. Desire is a longing, that we have a longing for these gifts. It's a craving. It actually says to crave and to long and to set one's heart on. So again, if we're craving and we're hungry and we're longing for those gifts and we're, we're seeking and we're chasing, he's going to so know our heart I mean, you're going to be amazed at the different gifts that you can walk in. And not just, and myself as well, not just to go, oh, well, that's for, you know, that's for Teresa, but that's not really for me. That's for Lindsay, but it's not really for me. You know, that's for Dee, but it's not really for me. How many ha- times have you yourself said, and I've, I've done this many times, oh, that's why well, I used to say it's not my thing. But it's not my anointing. It's not my call. it's not. And then when you think about it, it's like, well, then what is So anyway, it's just a different way to look at it. And then you say, well, why why do we have the giftings and the anointings and the call to demonstrate his supernatural power and presence and to bring glory to God? We know the Great Commission. That's all of the Great Commission is for all of us. But this specifically is to demonstrate the supernatural power and presence and to bring glory to God. And as we step into those things and we demonstrate that power, unbelievers, believers are going to get blessed. Unbelievers are going to be attracted to it. They're going to be attracted to those things, and that's when they get in the kingdom as a way of discipling as well. It's, you know, our our heart is to bring people into the kingdom, to preach the good news to them, bring them into the kingdom. But then when they get to see these things in operation, just like all of us, I mean, I can remember. I can remember the first time, like, speaking in tongues. I can remember the first healing, those kinds of things. It's exciting. So... Christianity is not boring. Being a Christian is so far. I mean, I'm blown away when people are like, Christians are boring. I just don't want to go to church because it's boring. I'm like, you have no idea. (laughs) Oh, Okay, then the ministry gifts. These are actually the gifts I was talking about. It's the gifts that Christ gave the church. It's the fivefold. So in Ephesians um, 4, 11, and 12, and it says, He has appointed some to be apostles and some to be prophets and some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and some to be teachers, and this is why. And their calling, teachers out there that aren't training or teaching or training, and their calling is to nurture and prepare all of the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. So the reason we have the fivefold, the reason you're a part of that, the reason we have the five fivefold is so that we can nurture and prepare others so they can do the works of the ministry. And so that will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. It's about multiplication, isn't it? We just want to multiply out throughout the world until everybody hears and everybody's a part of until the fullness of Christ. So these people, and <laughs> it's funny because People that are walking in the fivefold do not like to hear this, but the word says the people are, these people are gifts of Jesus to his church. They impart to others and they train them. So the prophet is the gift to the church. The apostle is the gift to the church. The teacher is the gift to the church. The pastor is the gift to the church. The evangelist is the gift to the church. They are the gift. So, and why is that? And you all, you'll all know in your own heart, you'll be, yeah, like, I I know that I'm to be a pastor. I know people in this room because I've had conversations with them. I'm to be a pastor. Being a pastor doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be here. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be over a church in that capacity. It can be a lot of different things. Um, just like the evangelists, I love evangelists. I mean, evangelists can't help but evangelize. They're not going to go anywhere and not evangelize. There's a couple that used to go to this church that moved and I'll you know, talk to her and vox her back and forth and I see her post. That couple cannot go anywhere. With, and I think it's, it's just a natural flow, flow because they're evangelists. They can go to Walmart any given time, anytime. time. I don't know how many people have got saved in Walmart through this couple. And it's not like they're, going, they're just going in to get their groceries or what have you, and then there's somebody in a wheelchair. Well, they're going to evangelize. They're not going to bypass. Some of us would just go, "Oh, I got to get my groceries." There, when you have, when you're evangelist, you're going to speak to those people, and they're going to get up out of that wheelchair. They're going to get healed. They will definitely be saved by the time they leave. This couple is—it's—it uh, just blows me away. I would love to know how many people have come to Christ in Walmart where they live. It's—it has to be pretty phenomenal. And I'm just, and she doesn't do it like as a braggy thing or look what I've done. That isn't her heart is so pure, and her husband's heart are so pure. But they've been called to be evangelists, and they're fulfilling that. So everywhere they go, they evangelize. It's just a natural thing for them. So the role of an apostle is to um, train others to think strategically about the kingdom and start and starting churches. They may be sent into a region to announce the good news of Jesus. They start and establish new church communities. It's the multiplication of believers, leaders, and churches. They equip leaderships. They're connected with a network of churches. They do a lot of um, connecting. Um, So that's part of it. I mean, there's a lot more. I'm just going to give you a couple things um, on each one of these. But obviously, there's a lot more that apostles do, a lot more that prophets do. A prophet, well, obviously, they bring messages from God to the people, and they train others to prophesy. An evangelist, obviously, is going to share the good news. (laughs) That's what they do. They bring others to Christ, and they're also going to teach people to spread good news of the kingdom and make disciples. That's just a given. If you hang around an evangelist and you go anywhere with him, you're going to be bringing people to Christ. So you actually, as so I'm just saying that, it's probably good for all of us to step out of our comfort zone. And if that's something that's not comfortable, like, you know, maybe prophesying is, but maybe the evangelistic part isn't, go hang out with an evangelist. Or if you're like, I don't know about the whole prophet, go hang out with a prophet. Or if you're like, hey, I'm I, the teacher thing, go hang out with a teacher. And in my case with Jim, I will always say I'm not a teacher, and he's like, you want to teach on Sunday? (laughs) Like, I'll speak on something. (laughs) But teachers train you to teach. So if you want to learn how to teach, go hang out with a teacher, and they're going to give you ideas of what that looks like. Because, see, again, it's all about the multiplication. And then the pastors, obviously, they care for the people. And then just hanging out with pastors Helps you learn how to care for people because they're going to automatically, out of the overflow, just teach you these things. It's not like they're going to have a class about it, but just by being with them, being around them, you're going to learn these things. So, as far as the fivefold, it is not to showcase anything, but it's to train others with the skills they have been given. Again, it's about multiplication. And one thing with that, from the, the gifts of Christ, it's not it, a person does not call or approve himself to any of the fivefold. It is a call of Christ and in time is confirmed by other believers. So I want you to get that. It is, it's a call. You'll know you have that call within you. You're like, I have a pastor's call. I am a prophet. I am evangelist. It's undeniable. You know that you know in your spirit that that's what you've been called to do because it is who you are and you cannot not be who you are does that make sense that's sean's word i'm he that's his statement does that make sense (laughs) he's not here i can pick on him so um yeah it's just it's that call and then it'll be confirmed by other believers you'll start hearing it you'll be you'll just kind of know it i can remember vividly sitting right there josh lawrence was here he was teaching on something, and I remember looking up. I think I even said something to Paul. I remember looking up, and I go, he just walked into the fullness of being a prophet. I mean, I knew. There it is. Like, he had been all along. I mean, you'd look at him and go, yeah, he's a prophet. But I saw him literally walk in that day, and I went, bam, he's a prophet. And I knew with everything in me. And you, and that from that day forward, I mean, it's been like... See, because he was maturing, and he was growing, and he was learning, because that's how it works. It's like, OK, you're a prophet. But then there's a, there's a process to that as well. So he's just learned, and he's grow, growing, and he's matured. And when he speaks, you're like, phew. Now he's got other things on him as well. But specifically, I remember that day, he walked into the fullness of a prophet. Jim will probably not be happy about this, but maybe he's not watching. So I can actually remember he gave me the mic. <laughs> so I can actually remember, too, I forget. This will probably make me cry. I can't even remember where they were. They had been traveling. He, this, has been, this has been a while back. But I can remember going, Huh? I'll be darned. He is an apostle. Not that I questioned that, but it was like, I wasn't real sure what, you know, I wasn't real sure the fullness of that, but I can remember going, he's walked into the, or I can remember thinking, he's walking in the apostolic, and then I can remember thinking, there it is. And you know what, now when I'm, I get it now, because whenever you're around, he's got, obviously, a pastor, teacher, he's got a combination, you all have a combination, but most likely, um, or one or two at least. But I can remember, as I'm listening to him, See, he helps you think, what was it that I said about strategically, they train others to think strategically about the kingdom. I was like, oh, that is like totally what he does. Like, you can't be around him and not start thinking like that. And it's very, it was very different for me, because I didn't, know, but like being around him, it's like, okay, so I start thinking like that, so then I'm going to start you know, learning more about that and maturing in that and those kind of things. But I can remember very specifically, it's like he walked into that. Just like many of you have walked into your teaching gift or if you walked into being a prophet. There are people here that I know that they have, they have that call of prophet on their life and they're waiting. They're in the wings waiting. Don't give up. <laughs> because that is something that the Lord has put in you. And he will highlight that, and you will be used in that capacity. You're just, you might be growing. You might be learning. He might have you in the wings for whatever reason. We don't have to try to figure it out. He'll highlight it, and then you'll, you'll just naturally walk in it without anybody saying anything. Like nobody had to tell Josh, oh, you're, you're a prophet. I mean, he doesn't, number one, he wouldn't care that you said that. But number two, it's not an identity thing. But he just walked, walked right in it. And I I just know, it's fascinating. I love to see the body of Christ walk in to who they've been called to be. It's just, it does something in my heart. So, So, again, the purpose of a divine call or a call to ministry is something that God plans in us. He knew before the foundations of the world, and he planned that in you. And we've we've literally can say we've been we've been born to do that or be that we've been born it's it's so innately in us. One thing a call does is it feeds your passion, and you have a passion in your heart. It'll just feed it. It's a desire in your soul that excites excites you when you think about it. It's where your abilities and interests align with God's purposes. It's something you do because. It gives you a sense of fulfillment of God's plan in your life. You don't do or you aren't anything to, fill, to get unmet needs met in your own life. That's not what it's about. That would be identity crisis. But what it is, it gives you a sense of fulfillment of God's plan in your life. Like you know that you're walking in what you're supposed to be walking in. Like I get so passionate about Sozo. I just, like, that healing and deliverance aspect, I get so excited about that. I have such a passion for that. But, see, I can remember that from a young age of then that's why I went into nursing school. And then I wanted to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And the Lord says, no, you're staying home with your kids. And then, because I, I needed to at that time, that's where I needed to be. And then it just, like, overflowed into ministry because that's the passion that he has put in me for healing and so that excites me. Like we've done thousands of sozos, and I can tell you I never get bored. I never get tired. It's like energizes you. It's this passion that rises up, and you get energized each and every time. So whatever your call is, that you, you know what I'm talking about because you get passionate about it. All you pastors sitting out there are just like, yeah, 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 I get it. All the teachers are like, yeah, 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 I get it. So it's, just, it's a part of you. So in Proverbs 18, 16, it says, your gift will open doors for you, but your calling will help you open doors for others. Because see, that's really what it's about. It's about us opening doors for other people. It's all about people. (laughs) It's all about people. So real quick, I just want to go over anointing. Now, I know we know about the anointing with oil and the laying of hands and healing. I'm just going to kind of just do this. So the anointing is an outpouring of God's spirit in equipping a person for God's service. The Holy Spirit falling on a person or filling them from the inside and then the person is able to do supernatural things. So you think about that. Jesus, the anointed, Christ the anointed lives inside us. <laughs> he lives inside us. The anointed one lives inside us, so nobody can say, I'm not anointed. We get tripped up in our head about, well, I'm not anointed there. I'm not anointed. How, do you, how do you know that? How do I know that? It's like he lives in us, the anointed one. So we can't just disregard and go, well, I'm not anointed. You're totally. It is your purpose in life. You were born for something specific. <laughs> in Isaiah 61, 1. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to proclaim the good news. That's what it's about, the good news, bringing others into the kingdom. It's the, it's, yeah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness the prisoners. See, you're anointed. Christ in you, the hope of go- glory. You're fully equipped. He didn't leave anything out. He gave you everything, and he lives inside you. Hmm. Are you guys, like, even a little excited about that? I was, like, going through my house going, no, he didn't. It's just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I've read this. But, like, it stood out, and it's like, we got to get a hold of this. Because we if we don't get a hold of it, this, then we're not fulfilling the, the commission in the way that we could fulfill it. Well, I feel like we're cheating others. You know what I mean? We're, like, cheating people. We're like, well, I'm not really an evangelist. Yeah, yeah, you are. You are an evangelist. We're all evangelists, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Lord. All believers are anointed, inseparably attached to Christ. We're inseparably attached to Christ. It is the indwelling presence and power of the Lord. We have his spirit dwelling in us. He gave us his anointing to empower us and enable us. So I'm just going to end here with 2 Corinthians 1.23. I love this. I don't know what it is about the passion translation, but I know I've read this and read this and read this and psh, and then I read it yesterday and I'm just like, "Oh my gosh." So it says, "Now it is it, now it is God himself who has anointed us, and he is constantly strengthening both you and us in union with Christ. He knows we are his since he has also stamped his seal of love" Over our hearts, and has given us the Holy Spirit like an engagement ring is given to a bride. So, He is constantly strengthening you. He knows you, and He has stamped His seal of love over your heart. And then at the bottom, under seal, I look this up, and it's the sevenfold seal. God has sealed believers with a sevenfold seal, the seal of security sealed tightly and kept secure in God's love, a seal of authentication that marks us as God's very own, a seal to certify genuineness, a seal of ownership, (laughs) a seal of approval, a seal of righteousness, a seal denoting a promise to be fulfilled. The seal of Christ, I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to really just... Let this speak to you. The seal of Christ is over our hearts. Jesus, our bridegroom, invites us to place him over our own hearts like a fiery seal of love. The jealous flame of God that burns continually in our hearts. We are born of the Spirit, sealed with the Spirit, indwelt by the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, Made one in unity in the Spirit, given gifts of the Spirit, and given ministries by the Spirit. He is a promise, a seal, and a guarantee of receiving our full inheritance. Guys, just the sevenfold seals, my goodness. That is it's it's just phenomenal to me. Nothing is left undone. So you are all, everyone is anointed. Everyone has a call. Everyone can walk in the giftings. So you can never say, I'm not anointed. You can never say, I'm not called to that. You can never say, well, I that's not really my gifting. I mean, I get that there are some people that, but think about this. There are some people that you might go, well, they're more gifted than that. Or they're more anointed than that. It's only because maybe they, they've been doing that longer (laughs) you know what I mean like healing like people go oh yeah we'll go to them because like they're really good at healing you're really good at healing it might be that they just prayed a hundred more times than you did you know for somebody to get healed or whatever that looks like maybe they're they're just have grown and matured a little more and they're further down the road but that doesn't negate the fact that you have that same gift we have got to walk out in all of these three things because it's who we are in Christ So I hope you all understand that, and you're blessed by that. You should be encouraged of who you are in Christ. Amen? Yeah. So thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you didn't leave anything out, that you have so sealed and so protected and so taken care of, that Jesus lives in us. The anointed one lives in us. that we have all of the anointing, all of the gifting, all of the callings. We have it all because you gave it to us. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you for propelling us <laughs> to move forward in all of those things that we've been a little slow in. That we've been a little hesitant about. I thank you for jump starting each and every person in this room. I thank you, God, that this is just going to be a new season for them to go forward in the things that you have for them, that all of the passion and all the desires and all the dreams that you've placed in there, that they're going to be excited and feel like they're on a new adventure with you, and they're going to see people saved, healed, and delivered and set free because that's your heart for your people. So, God, we just say thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace and your mercy and your goodness and your kindness and that you're so fun. (laughs) We just thank you that you're so fun and that you just love your kids so much. And we just love you right back with all of our hearts, with all of our hearts. And we just say yes to you. We say yes to you. Let this be a time, and I know we use the word seasons a lot, It's our little Christianese thing. But let this be a time in this next place that you just say yes. That you have made up your mind that you're going to go yes to whatever comes your way, that you're going to say yes. Where maybe you would have hesitated before that you're going to go, yes, I'm going to do that. Somebody says you want to, can you teach? Yes, I'll teach. Yes, I'll go with you. Yes, I'll go pray for someone. Just expand your tent pegs and just say yes. Sound good? Yes.